That was the greatest fun I've ever seen. I will not be watching it again for another 10 years. Well, you know, it aged well. I disagree. I am Steven. I am Chris. And we are the No Int Here, the podcast, the one and only official podcast of the Dumpstat Adventures blog. Today we are talking about Dungeons and Dragons from 2000, the movie with Jeremy Irons and other people whose names Thor are... Thor Birch? Thor Birch, Marlon... Waynes. Waynes. And the kid that was on Lois and Clark, the new adventures of... And he played Jimmy Olsen. <sighs> Nothing like, you know, having your first starring role just be one of the campiest movies ever. Well, I think we should go ahead and just let people know there will be spoilers ahead. <laughs> Yes, because I know so many people are going to rush out and watch this movie afterwards. And before we get started, how about we go ahead and say what our rating and our initial thoughts on the movie are, and that way people kind of understand where we're coming from when we talk about these critiques. Chris, would you like to go first? If we're rating it on a scale of one to five, one to five stars, let's say, I'm going to give it four because it's so bad it's good. I, I, I honestly believe that. It was hard to go through, and at points it made utterly no sense. But at the end of it, you're like, you know what? It was horrible, but it was it was so bad it was good. I'm sticking with that. Yeah. All I, right, three and a half. I mean, I really enjoyed the movie. If we are looking at a thumbs up, I'd probably give it a like, 10, 30 <laughs> thumbs up, um, which I guess translates to three and a half as well. There you go. Four-ish stars. It, it's very campy. I watched it through the first time, and I really enjoyed it. I tried watching it a second time, and I couldn't make it more than like a quarter of the way through the movie. Yeah. I had to turn it off. You made it farther than me. Once I hit the blue lipstick, I was out. <laughs> that was like first two minutes. Yeah, exactly. That was my second watch. Oh, I'm disappointed in you. But other than that, I the movie is very much a campy movie. But the thing was, it wasn't when it first came out. It wasn't supposed to be a campy movie, I don't think. I don't know. Like, you see, that's kind of the problem with these fantasy movies. A lot of them try way too hard to be funny. And at the end of it, I'm not quite sure what's going on. If they actually meant to be funny, or if this is just a side effect of bad screenwriters. Yeah, I think that they were supposed to be fairly serious with well, comic the relief. First two. Yes, the, the, first, uh, the, the two thieves, Ridley and Snails... We're supposed to be the comic relief, and <laughs> Jeremy Irons is just a happy accident being the comic relief that he was. Okay, yeah, that was, I, I, I'm I not even sure where to start with Jeremy Irons, so let, let, let's dive into it and yeah. go ahead. Well, for those that maybe want the movie spoiled and haven't watched it yet, uh, I'll give a brief synopsis. So, we start with a uh, little bit of exposition. Peasants are peasants, the mages have all the power because they have magic, and... Basically, I think it said, like, peasants are little more than slaves. Fair enough, I guess. I think they referred to them as common folk. Yes, common folk, sorry, not peasants. But they still called them almost like slaves. Pretty much. And there is the ruler, Empress Lady. I didn't know if she even had a name. I think they just called her Empress the entire time. Holy crap, Thor Birch just mailed that in. She literally looked like she had a pole shoved up her ass the entire time. I mean, she was stiff and... Continue. She knew what movie she was in. Yeah, exactly. But Jeremy Irons' character, he is playing the the villain. Uh, he does not like the idea of everyone being on equal footing. And so he is trying to get rid of the Empress uh, by turning the Parliament against her. Shenanigans ensue where Ridley and Snails, the two thieves, break into the mage tower, steal some stuff, are being tracked down by Mr. Blue Lips, <laughs> whose name I could never quite make out. It's like Demodor or something like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, Demodor is Jeremy Irons's uh, henchman. Henchman, yes. Right hand man. Uh, he is completely bald. Nice, nice blue lips. Oh, I don't. Blue lips, so blue, you could kiss him. Oh, before we go any further, I think you might have missed the whole point that the Empress is trying to have everybody on equal footing. I thought I, I said that. I don't know if you did. Oh, Anyways. well, the Empress's goal <laughs> is to make everyone equal because uh, why not? I mean, I'm all for equal, I guess. If I had magic, I'd be like, yeah, screw you guys. <laughs> Chain lightning, you're all dead. <laughs> Equality for all, it's important. Fine. I think in the real world, it's great, but no. Mm. 
so they break into the mage tower, the two thieves. Um, they wind up getting a mage apprentice as a companion, as she is now being chased by Dimidor, because Dimidor hears about a scepter that she is looking for, for the red dragons, so that they can summon red dragons. And at this point, the empress has a scepter that summons gold dragons, mm-hmm. and parliament is telling her to give it over to them, or else they will kill her? Uh, unclear? On what they would do, but yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. a... Basically, starting a war shouldn't give over her gold dragon scepter. There's like an overthrow. What should, maybe should this be become the lady in the iron mask? I'm not quite sure if they would kill her or if they would just like, you know, prison. Yeah, it was a little unclear on that point. One maybe that's many... what makes it scary. Yeah, one of many points they weren't clear on, but continue. Yeah. Uh, so they're running uh, the two thieves, Ridley, Snails, and then the mage apprentice, whose name was totally mentioned in the movie. I don't know. Okay. Look it up. So they're running. Uh, They meet up with a dwarf sleeping in trash. Who I don't think ever gets a name. Dwarf? That's what they refer to him as most of the time. Yeah, you see, that that was also a problem. None of their names really made in, like, really caught your attention. The only reason why I remember Ridley and Snails is because they kept saying Snails over and over, and then Ridley, I'm just guessing. No, Ridley. Hang on. (laughs) Ridley? Ridley? Anyways, uh, so all four of them, yes, the dwarf joins them for some reason. Uh, wind up in a tavern, figuring out this map that the mage apprentice has, and she is trying to figure out how to read the map to locate the red scepter. Uh, during this time, Snails sees a elf. And it's Marlon Wayans, and his, ye- yes, he's in love with the elf. He thinks she's hot. Yes. Um, and Marlon Wayans, his role is basically to scream that high-pitched scream um, the entire movie. Yeah. Well, um, until he... Well, we'll get to that in a second. There was... Yeah, so he is trying to seduce this elf in the tavern. The dwarf criticizes his taste in women. And, oh, I actually have a quote for that. An elf? They got no meat on them. You gotta get yourself a 250-pound dwarf with hair on their chin you can hang on to. I'm not even gonna... Nope. 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 Done. That was fantastic. So before we go any further, the mage apprentice was Marina. I vaguely remember that. The dwarf was... Elwood, Gutworthy. <laughs> what? Yes, I don't think they ever said that. Huh. The elf was Norda, which I do think was mentioned. I think so. And the empress was Empress Savina. That. that oh yes, because it was very confusing. Because yeah, we'll get to that later. And Dro- and uh, Jeremy Irons was Profion. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the names are. I, th- I think they could have gotten a little bit more generic, but you know, it's a fantasy setting. I think, and so. They were doing what they can. Okay. Uh, so while they're in this tavern, Dimidor comes through. Blue Lips, for those that aren't in the know, comes into the tavern, starts chasing after them. Uh, the four uh, decide to leave and escape. Bar fight. Bar fight. Yes, there was a bar fight. Yeah, apparently, all you need to do to start a bar fight is flip a table over and yell bar fight. Well, I think he also shoved someone. He, oh, no, he didn't even flip a table. He shoved somebody and yelled bar fight, and they started a bar fight. I love that. <laughs> I think we should go research that. (laughs) I'm doing it tonight. We have a session tonight. We're going to walk into a tavern. I'm going to push somebody and scream bar fight and see what happens. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Going forward after that, they decide that they need to go. Well, the map gives them a clue that they need the eye of the dragon, which is this ruby the size of your fist. And there is a thief lord in another city. Ooh, and his name was Xylus. Xylus, yes. Or Silas, no. Because they kept saying it Silas. Yes. And so they go over to Silas's city? That wasn't really clear. They didn't really have a great transition there. Oh, something to know, sidebar, that Xylus was Richard O'Brien, and he was a writer and actor in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. That's Look pretty how far sweet. He's risen. That's fantastic. He was riffraff. I vaguely remember that. That's fantastic. Okay. I learned something today. Thank you, Wikipedia. Yeah. And so then the duo encounter Silas. He says that they can get the ruby if Ripley Ridley goes through the death mage maze and retrieves the ruby. Of course, he says, yeah, I can do this. Speaking of death mazes, that's fantastic. I need to add those into more sessions. <laughs> okay. So he gets, so it's a, what, a, maybe a seven minute scene? Yeah. And he gets the ruby. And 
Xylus says, thank you. I've been waiting 15 years for someone to get the ruby, and it turns out that it wasn't actually his. He was waiting for someone to get through the maze. What? Well, that didn't make sense to me. What I thought kind he of... put it there as like a... Like it was a safe. No, no. He it was stuck in there, and he, uh, no one could get to it, which is kind of ridiculous. Because where is the guild? Just all first level thieves that all suck. Because that maze wasn't that hard. Well, there's a back entrance. I know. The way he exited was the back entrance. <laughs> okay, a little bit of a plot hole, but okay. anyways, continue. All right. So they get the the jewel, and then surprise, surprise, Silas turns on them because. The lords don't have honor amongst thieves. Yeah, there was a line. There was the line. Um, and then Dimador shows up again, uh, starts murdering. Well, actually, you don't ever see any thieves die. Even one took an arrow to his chest. It doesn't look like he dies, though, because he's still like, like he just falls over a little bit. I'm not sure. If, I guess he's supposed to be dead. And then the rest of the fighting, uh, they're just throwing each other around the room a little bit. And then our heroes run away. Okay, so the fight ensues. And here's the thing. It's the same thing. Basically, someone jumps down and pushes somebody, and the fight ensues. The only thing they didn't do this time was the bar fight. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, a lot our, of pushing starts fights in this. Luckily, it was very close. Our heroes almost died. But he captured... Uh, Mage Lady. Sabina? Sabine, uh, Marina. Marina. Yes. He captured Marina. And so, the other three, including the dwarf... I The dwarf hasn't done no. anything... There's four now because the isn't isn't the no the elf hasn't shown up yet. No, right? okay, no, the elf has not shown up. Okay, spoiler. <laughs> yeah, no one saw that coming. <laughs> so the dwarf still hasn't done anything. I think he might have pushed someone. He over. pushed someone to start the bar fight. Okay, huge plot point. I think he could have been gone from the entire movie. No one would have noticed. I think if you just go back through and like delete him and all of his scenes, no one would have noticed he wasn't there. They would just been like, oh, someone just yelled bar fight. That was a weird cut. I feel like there's another part that he's important in, but I can't remember, so obviously he's not. <laughs> Anyways, so they uh, capture... Mage Apprentice Lady, um, and bring her to a what looks like a run-down castle. That, and th- that, ooh, that's this is another my favorite part. part, by the way. They, so as they're going there, they get stopped by Norda the Elf, who is on a mission to capture them from the queen the no no the empress has sent her to capture them and bring them back they say what they're doing is a noble just cause she speaks into the mirror oh by the way she stole the mirror from uh from well not snow white what's the one where they're talking to the mirror 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 on the wall who's the fairest of them sleeping beauty sleeping beauty they stole that mirror and they decide that they're going to travel together. But here, here's my problem. They say if we travel through the night, we can catch up to them when they camp. And when they get to the castle, I've got a couple issues with the castle. So do we have? Do we want to take a second for this since it's your favorite scene? Well, so they travel through the night, I guess, and they arrive at a castle that's like completely run down. Who camps at a castle? Who just randomly is walking along? Hey, camp castle, a castle, let's camp. But when you go to the scene, it's not a camping scene. Like they have literally taken up a residence in this. Yeah, castle. like Demodor, Blue Lip Man, has like his own rooms with like this nice, like big bed. Like this is clearly not them camping. This is like their outpost. This is the scene I have the biggest problem. I think this is the scene I have the second biggest problem with. First off, where did the beholders come from? And why were they not included more? Well, and that's that's my biggest problem with this movie, is it calls itself Dungeons and Dragons, but apart from the beholders, it's just a fantasy movie. Exactly. And there are 15 seconds of the beholders. I agree. If you digitally cut them out from the movie, there is one line where they say, beholders, we'll have to go around. And then they have no other, like... Nope. There's nothing else about them. It was... They looked great. Yeah, that was probably the best they special effects. They looked fantastic. And I think that might have been the problem where they're like, hey, we were, these things look great. Holy crap, they cost a lot of money. Yeah. We're not going to put it in. Yeah, but they added nothing to the movie except make it... Oh, look, see, guys? It is Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. I agree. There's a beholder. See, guys? You guys see that there's three beholders looking at each other? And that is which, my biggest problem with the movie, too. I mean, beholders can't look at each other. They get angry, and they'll start murdering each other. So, yeah. And, uh, I agree. That That is exactly how I sum it up. And we'll, we'll get back to that in a, it, it, on the... Yes, yes. I have a list of things we need to get back to. Uh, but going forward... Yeah, they could have just said, oh, look, guards. We need to go around. Yeah. 
So basically what happens is the elf and the dwarf hang back. Then the two thieves go in, because it's what they do. Mm-hmm. Snails is sent to go after the map. Ridley is sent to go after the girl. And Snails has this moment. It's like, why do you always get to go after the girls? Why do I have to go after the map? So I feel like they've been in this situation before. I feel like it's time for Snails to go after the girl. But So they go in. Ridley, of course, finds the girl without too much problem. And he's sneaky like a thief. Snails, uh, he's he is the... not sneaky. He's like running into things, knocking things over. He is he's so a... incompetent. Yeah. He's a thief with a dumb stat of Dex. His Dex is his dumb stat. Dex and intelligence are his dumb stat. Yeah, no, that's true. It's, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know where to start with yeah. him. So eventually he finds the map in Dimadar's room. And surprise, surprise, the carpet is quicksand. I actually really liked this trap. I paused it for a moment and it was like coming up with my own like quicksand trap no. to use in a game. Not that I should be telling Chris that, but I, I thought it was hilarious. That was a really good trap. I, I, you know, kudos to them there. There's a carpet on the floor. I'm walking around. Someone else go pick it up. <laughs> um, and then Demodar starts beating the shit out of Marlin snails. And when I say beat up, I mean like punching and then just tossing him around the room. Instead of using his sword. Right. And then he, Marlin Snails. Runs away. Runs away. Yep. Uh, throughout the castle. And then Ridley and Major Prentice see him running away from like a distance. Followed by Demodor, Who is just like walking super slow. I know. <laughs> and Marlin is like running as fast as he can. And it, somehow Demodor can still keep up with just menace walk it's like the it's like the old peppy le pews remember the, you ever watch those cartoons where the the cat that's all of a sudden like has oh, yeah. the white stripe is a skunk and just runs as fast as he can and peppy le pews like but doing but doing but doing yeah, like <laughs> bouncing behind all it catches happy. Him. yep yeah. and there's a disturbance i assume that dimador is misty stepping when we're not paying attention or dimension door maybe he has a cloak of the month of bank okay. which speaking of we will come back to what 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 class i think dimador is okay I, i'm stuck on peppy the pew now because <laughs> think about how disturbing that was as a kid because basically a rape yeah animal, he yeah. really just wanted to go and rape the cat yeah, yeah. He did not understand what no meant. Okay. Which, I, <laughs> to all of our listeners, no means no, goddammit. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Okay, that, I'm We're trying to get that, that image out of my head. <laughs> no, no, leave that there. That's a public service announcement. All right. Uh, so, we come to Demodor catching Mer- Marlin. Continuing to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah. So, he finds snails at, like, the only dead end on this castle? <laughs> I don't know. They're like 15 feet off the ground. If I was snails, I would have just jumped off and took my chance. <laughs> yeah, but And why do you always run up? In every movie, y- you go up. Yeah. Don't yeah. go up. He was on the ground. Actually, he was in the basement, and somehow he wound up like on like the second floor. Yeah. I mean, when you get to the ground floor, run out? And we don't actually see any other guards while they're running through this castle. So they have like, I think, four, five guards at the most. Throughout this entire castle. Nor do we see any beholders. Yeah. I mean, uh, one death ray movie over. Yeah. So Snails proceeds to take out this tiny little rabbit killing knife <laughs> and uh, tries to kill Demodor with it. Demodor punches him really hard. And that's when the Mage Apprentice and the Ridley Ridley show up. They all start screaming, no. And then Demodor murders Snails by stabbing him in the back. Of course, our token black guy is the first one to die. And throws him off the yes. side of the... Yes, throws him off. And now at this point, I should mention, Snails grab some a sack of, I guess, magic powder. And before then, the Major Apprentice has not caught, casted any spells. She now grabs this magic powder, makes a doorway to another place, I guess, and they go through. Apparently, uh, all of her spells after, needed. Yeah, after components. Ridley screams no for a solid like twelve seconds, <laughs> and Demodorus is standing there watching him scream no. And, and there's another. There's see. This is why I think the movie wasn't supposed to be campy because it's a very dramatic scene. I was except my it's ass not. Off. <laughs> no, except it's not. Because then we segue into they've gone through the door, and then marina and whatever her whatever her name was and ridley have this huge emotional fight where he's sobbing because his best friend has died and they're arguing i think they end up in a kiss or something i don't remember but it's like supposed to be this huge dramatic moment and i'm just like this could possibly be the worst acting i've seen in a long time yeah well ridley gets slightly stabbed 
in his shoulder. Oh, that's right, that's right. And they take him to the elves. Yeah, and so they somehow wind up at the elves. I'm not entirely sure. They're just, like, wandering through the forest. They were in the Feywild? No, they're just in the forest, and then they get captured by elves. Wait, no, this is when the elf lady came back. Because she surrounded them after the castle. She, She wasn't there when... The dwarf was just sitting outside the castle. Oh, yeah, her nothing. and the dwarf were just chilling. Yeah, uh, yeah. so the elf actually doesn't come in until after the castle sequence, which is why I thought it was weird she didn't do anything, because she wasn't actually there. Then the dwarf did nothing. Yeah, the dwarf just sat there and did nothing. Be- uh, again, <laughs> I don't know why he was in the movie. They could have used that budget to give the beholder another two-second scene of him just floating around. Death ray. Yeah, exactly. That would have been a great way for Marlin to die. Just, you know. <laughs> disintegrate Ray. Disintegrate Beam straight to the chest. He turns into more magic powder. It's fine. Actually, that's how magic powder is now made. <laughs> By disintegrating Marlin Wayans? Anyone, but yes. I mean, I think Marlin makes better quality. Yes. So, captured by elves. Mm-hmm. Brought and then to... the elf talks to the Empress saying, we have them. What uh, do you yes. want to do? Um, and... After they heal up and stuff, they know where the red scepter of the red dragons is. It wasn't healed by magic, because elves don't use magic. No, they are They are magic. magic. Yes. And Whereas this, humans are way too brutish with magic. This, the, okay, and this goes back to our earlier comment yeah. about this isn't... Well, a, there was an old elf, and he was healing, which is like the ugliest elf I've ever seen. Yeah, no crap. Right? Which, you know good for them you know <laughs> reject those body stereotypes for elves yes okay continue with the yeah so they're healed up by the elves patted on the ass and said go get them and so they go off to the final area to get their big MacGuffin. they go to this random cave and there's this wall of force that stops everyone so that would be the elf mage apprentice marina and the dwarf from entering in but ridley goes in he walks down the cave falls down and tumbles in front of... Well, he falls like a good like 20 seconds. And yeah. it's just him going, ah, as he's falling through. And I think that they stole... I can't remember which one came out. So either they took the scene, the set from Goonies, or Goonies took the set from them. But it's the same kind of water slide ride down that's in the movie. Yeah, like scene. random vines in the way. And yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, but eventually he tumbles, falls. He's really lucky, I guess. And falls in front of the door. And this is just like a random thing. He just fell down. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just like, huh. Okay. The door is missing one of the, it's missing an eye. Oh, there's a giant ruby. Yeah. I think I'll just stick the other giant yeah. ruby in there. Well, I mean, I, I think he knows he's supposed to put the eye in there. That's why they went for the eye first. They don't really ever talk about it. Plot hole again. Anyways, he opens well, it up. It's just a MacGuffin to get to the MacGuffin. Yeah. So he opens the door. It's the treasure hoard. Yes. He walks in. He goes to scoop up some gold. He puts it down because now he's become... Good. And he apologizes to snails for not stealing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But anyways, anyways, so huge treasure hoard. And apparently this is a real place. Like this room of like bones and stuff. It's... Mm -hmm. I forget where they filmed it. But um, so that's fun. And he finds the Red Scepter clutched by the... Skeleton lich. Which, I'm going to call it a lich. Which you thought would be a cool scene because it looks, and it pretty much is a lich, and it... It's actually just a talking skeleton. Yeah, and he grabs it. Give, there's a warning about ultimate power. Yes. And then it just dies. Yep. It, it, well, it's like... It's already you dead. you think you're willing to, uh, like... Do you think you are you are good enough for this power? And he's like, I don't think any man's good enough. And he's like, hmm, good. And then dies. Yep. Uh, so we cut to him coming out of the cave with the Red Scepter. And guess who's there? Demidor? Yeah, I got it right. So Demidor's there and captures everyone. We don't see the fight that happened. Apparently I assume the dwarf was- didn't do anything then as well. Oh, by the way, now Demidor's got like 20 guards. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not even sure how Demidor knows where they were. Oh, wait, no. That's part of what we missed. When he was torturing the Mage Apprentice when she ca- when he captured her. Oh, yeah. His, he had some stuff that could let a reader mind. We're going to get back to that. Oh, I yeah. I promise. Yeah. Oh, God. There's a lot going on. It's an hour and 40 minute movie. I think they could have cut it down so it was only like an hour and 20. Yeah, it could have been a... And then put another 20 minutes of holders in. <laughs> so he tells Ridley he will kill his friends unless uh, he gives over the rod, the scepter. So Ridley, of course, <laughs> hands it over. <laughs> He's like, promise to let them go. Okay. And he gives him the scepter. And the guy, he's like, I lied. It's like, yeah, why do we trust evil henchmen? So now we're going to take a break from this exciting moment to uh, all throughout this cave sequence. It kept cutting over to the Empress, Savina, 
being attacked by the parliament. So the parliament's in one giant ass tower. The late, the empress is in another giant ass tower with her squad of people. And there's just gold dragons flying around. We're led to assume she summoned them with her scepter of gold dragons. Mm-hmm. They never show that. Uh, but, you know, I honestly feel that, um, Star Wars 1, 2, and 3 stole their idea from this movie because the parliament setup is very similar oh no i have a uh, i have a note where it says so this is how democracy ends to thunderous applause (laughs) (laughs) going back to the battle between the empress and the senate parliament there's it just kind of starts there's no like warming up to it it just kind of begins between her her gold dragons and then like 15 old dudes uh, led by Jeremy Irons. And so the gold dragons are attacking the tower of the old dudes. Kind of weird. It just starts. Yeah, I feel like there's no segue. We just walk into the middle of it. It's just sort yeah. of like... The gold dragons attacking the evil parliament. 15 people led by Jeremy Irons. Uh-huh. And I love how they all cast Fireball and they all miss. Well, it looked like Fireball because there's no big explosion. But they all missed. <laughs> yes. They did all miss, and it was very weird watching it, because they weren't using magic powder. They just raised their hand and shot out fireballs. Well, they weren't apprentices. They were actual... So when you're not an apprentice, you can actually cast spells and be useful. Yes, you you don't need the physical components. Okay. So anyways, the battle is raging on? Yes. Which is basically just gold dragons flying around, and then the tower people are just shooting firebolts into the sky, and you don't see anything else going on. My favorite part is the Empress is somewhere watching it, right? She's in her own spooky tower with her own people on her side. And then she gets sad. She Well, no, she says... She takes the goal and she's like, come to me. And you see this giant thing going. And then we segue back to Ridley. Well, that's because the soldiers finally load up their ballistas. Also, who's in control of the soldiers? That's never explained. I would assume it's... It it was Jeremy Irons. I don't know how they got a hold of the soldiers. They never explained why he has the soldiers on his side instead of the Empress having them. But anyways, like they load up ballista (laughs) and they finally kill a gold dragon with like two ballista bolts. Yeah, no, and th- but that doesn't dies, actually kill And that makes her sad. But that doesn't actually kill him. Remember, it hits him, he falls, and lands on a tower spire, and yes. that's what kills him. Yes, that was really good infrastructure for that spire. Yeah, it was. Oh. But, so yeah, it, it dies by impaling itself on a tower spire, which is apparently very easy to do, as like the entire city's made out of spires. Yeah, there's a lot of towers with spires. Anyways. Yes, so then we cut back to Dimidor. He goes through a portal that he makes appear without using magic powder and runs through it. And then it cuts over to him giving the red dragon scepter to Jeremy Irons or Protectron. Profidon? Profion? Profion. Profion. Uh, he starts laughing maniacally. And I have to say, Jeremy Irons has the best scenes. And he summons the red dragons. Yeah, but you're missing a very important part. The portal stays open just long enough. For Ridley to jump through, yes. but nobody else. Yes, and Ridley's like five minutes behind Demador. Yeah. In, in, in this circumstance. So Ridley jumps through. No one else does. And so the the red dragons are summoned, uh, which is kind of a, you know, like a the sky gets darker and there's a portal off in the distance and the red dragons appear and they look like the gold dragons except the red, red. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, no marks for, for the dragon design. No. They... He, this is one of my favorite parts too. Now all of a sudden you see Thor Birch in the craziest set of plate mail you've yeah, ever seen. Gold really quick plate mail. I know it takes like an hour to put on armor. She Look, has this like bam. She's yeah. on like she's in like this insane thing with a chainmail hood. And yeah, the chainmail hood looks stupid. It does. And so the red dragons start attacking the gold dragons. And now there's actually like explosions going on in the tower now that Ridley's there. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous for him to be there. So you can see like walls exploding on this tower. He gets up to the top, starts fighting Dimidor. Dimidor. He eventually. Oh, he got a special sword from the elves. Yeah, I missed that part because it blinked. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, he has a sword. It becomes a lightsaber. It does. With Dimidor's sword. It does. And so it's basically just a lightsaber battle. He eventually throws Demodor off the tower. You're led to think that Demodor's dead, but he doesn't actually die. Spoilers. Because he comes back in the next two movies. Oh, good God. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I think, the only actor that comes back 
across all three movies. Wow. Uh, and so he gets rid of Demodor. He then goes after Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons, of course, is badass, kicks his ass. And that's when his friends show up somehow. Yeah, that, that was like, did our friend the Mage Apprentice all of a sudden realize she had magic powder and created a portal? Well, I guess all the soldiers, maybe they disintegrated them, turned them into magic powder for her to cast the whatever spell that is. Mm, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. They just show up. The dwarf still doesn't do anything. We are given like a 10 second scene of uh, them beating up these soldiers that had them captured when mm-hmm. they're in front of the cave. And again, all the dwarf did was just throw some people around. I don't even think he used his axe once. No. So again, the dwarf contributed nothing to this movie. No. The elf was kind of cool, though. She had like weird backflip things and stabbed people in the back with her two knives. Yeah. So she still didn't do much, but. I mean, she at least brought them over to the elves to get healed, so that's something. That counts. Here's another question. So we go back to the Profeon-Ridley fight. Like, all of a sudden, he just summons his magical staff, and it appears in his hands? Yeah. Well, it's his lightsaber. But Profeon hasn't had a staff the entire time? Well, the other mages all had staffs, so I I, I think he had one. Okay. I, I don't know. All right. I don't understand the staff mechanics in this world. They didn't bother explaining it. <laughs> so, big fight, Ridley- uh, of course, gets beat up. Uh, and this is when Thor Birch, Empress Savina, arrives on her gold dragon. <laughs> yes. And she fights Jeremy Irons, and it's... She doesn't fight him, the dragon eats him. Well, no, before that, the worst fight scene where Jeremy Irons summons this dragon skeleton to, like, ride on Thor Birch's shoulders. Oh, yeah, but it's like a she... familiar size I've... thing? No idea. She's just 20 seconds. She's on the ground screaming, and it's just this ugly CGI skeleton of a dragon, like, chomping near her ears. It doesn't How did she get up there? I mean, I assume that she, she... rode on her gold dragon. Yeah, but we don't see her actually get off and get on there, do we? No. Not that I can remember. I might have blinked. Okay. Anyways, just making but, sure yeah. I didn't miss something. She arrives there. She is being attacked by Jeremy Irons' dragon skeleton thing, just, like, snapping at her ears. Mm-hmm. And then she uses her gold dragon scepter to have a dragon Eater. eat Jeremy Irons. Movie over. Uh, like, it, it, it made no sense. Like, the final battle made no sense between her and Jeremy. Uh, you know, they're both high-level art mages, I assume. No, I was she's expecting- just an empress. Well, no, she her magic was growing. He said, yeah. But it led to nothing. It was just her on the ground, just like, oh, no. Dragon. Eat. Dun. Yeah. Uh, after that, you know, he, she thanks them for all their help. Don't remember what happens to the red scepter. Uh, but the red dragons go. No, away. no, Ridley crushes it. Oh yes, he breaks it with his special sword, his lightsaber. Yes, he crushes the gem inside of it, and the red dragons fly away. I think so. Okay. Um, after the big fight, she thanks them. He becomes. They then cut to the the funeral of snails, where they place a bunch of rocks in a really old and sad looking graveyard. Oh, and the dwarfs in the scene. Too. I don't know why he's there. <laughs> Uh, they stack a couple rocks, and there's a rock etched with the name Snails, and he's like, ah, oh, Snails, I'm going to be knighted. Isn't that weird? And then there's like weird, awkward chuckling, and then the etching on the rock that says Snails disappears, and this gold light just like shoots off from it, and everyone's like, maybe Snails isn't gone after all. And they hold hands, and they disappear. Yeah. Movie's over. Yeah. And you say, what the fuck? Yeah. Apparently, there was an alternative ending where... It doesn't do that, and it's just like a sad moment in front of the grave. And I think that would have been better than whatever the fuck that was. And then they walk away to get knighted. Were they expecting a sequel? With the same cast members. There is. A I sequel. would hope so, because that was fantastic. God. So, there you have it. Our brief synopsis. Yes, brief was 35 minutes. Excellent. I'm sorry for those that had already watched it and found that awful. And here's the thing. People that are going to listen to this podcast, they've all watched it. Yeah, well, it... And really, you can't give a brief synopsis of something that involves so many MacGuffins. It's just, okay, here's the briefest synopsis. Maybe what should have happened first. Thieves break into a guild, a a mage guild. They get shot on this shenanigans quest. They find stuff. It somehow helps the Empress, and they win. Yeah, we should have led with that. (laughs) But I think now is the time where we can finally spend, you know, the next 20, 30 minutes complaining and talking up. This fantastic movie. Okay. So let's go back to the my biggest issue with the movie, and I think yours too. If you're going... Oh, no. My biggest issue was the fight between Jeremy Irons and the Empress, where it made no fucking sense, and I was just... 
extremely disappointed. Okay. Here's my issue. There's lots of fantasy movies out there. And one of the things we're going to do is continue to do this and look at different movies um, in the fantasy genre. And, and if you'll... you have suggestions, leave them in the comments yes. below. We're going to let you vote, maybe even. But if you're going to call the movie Dungeons and Dragons, you should at least follow some of the basic rules of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and this was released like right when 3E was being released. This would have been a perfect time to... Yeah, 3E. Mm -hmm. uh, this would have been a perfect time to really kind of like talk up 3E. And maybe you don't have to talk about Thaco because that was in the previous editions. Now you can talk about Armor Glass. I don't know. I don't really know how to like shoehorn 3 in there. But you should have like put a little bit of 3E stuff in there for like the fans. Because like really the only thing there in there for the fans is Beholders. Otherwise, it's just a generic fantasy movie. No, it totally is. I agree with you 100% on that statement. And it's it that annoyed me so much yeah it it, it 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 pissed me off beyond belief i mean it it, it, it was it is what i expect from the sci-fi channel when they release a f generic fantasy movie if it was released by sci-fi it, it would have been a great fantasy movie <laughs> yeah but it wasn't it was dungeons and dragons the movie with jeremy irons and has nothing with Dungeons and Dragons in it. Yeah, yeah. I think the only saving grace really is Jeremy Irons in it. All right, so let let's talk about Jeremy Irons. Uh, he has the best quote uh, at the beginning sequence. They are working on uh, like this magic item, I guess, a scepter to control, help him control dragons. And so in this opening sequence, there is, he has a trapped dragon. They don't go in how he got it or where it came from, and he has this green scepter, and he like is able to dominate it for a moment before it, like, breaks his scepter and he loses control. But before he loses control, he says, Power, give me your rage. And I'm not here. And that's the exact this, sound he makes. It's not like this, you're mumbling. Those this is my only audio that I stole from the movie. Good. I can use every ounce of your rage. I'm not that far off from what he sounded like. Nope. It was ridiculous. And it was by far my favorite line throughout the entire movie. Jeremy Irons is at 11 the entire movie. He has literally channeled every bad guy, put it into a William Shatner style acting, and it's it's out of control. I mean, we I can't imagine that his idea was to do that. I have to imagine it was a director telling him, I need more. I need more evil. And he's like... I can be comical like this. <laughs> and he's the the my favorite thing when we were researching this is someone asked him, Why did you do this movie? And he's just like, I just bought a castle. I gotta pay for it somehow. <laughs> and so he might have just been like filming it and being like, Fuck, I got a castle. Who gives a shit? I'm just gonna go fucking crazy. Yeah, I I'm not sure if this was Jeremy I would never say it's his fault, but it's someone's fault for <laughs> yeah, definitely how is. and and to be fair though, if he wasn't overreacting I don't think that would make it a better movie. No. It might even make it worse. No, no. he, he His scenes are fantastic. Yeah. The only reason I was really watching it was because I thought Jeremy Irons was hilarious in yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. Otherwise, I think it would be almost unwatchable. <laughs> Probably. The, the opening scene, too, is... This is where I knew it was we were going downhill fast. Why does Damador have blue lips? And and here's my thing. In the that scene, it's this bright blue lipstick that you that and, and but then in various scenes throughout the movie, it's like it's supposed to be what his actual lip color is, and it's like they forgot the makeup people forgot to apply it because then it's like almost off, and then it's bright blue again the next scene, and then it's kind of a dull color, and then it's bright blue. It's like he forgot to apply his lipstick. Well, for probably all like it took him like twenty takes to. To, to get through a scene with Jeremy Irons without cracking up. And so by then, like, the lipstick ever went off. That's what you have a makeup department for. Well, going on with that, Demidor, I am pretty sure, is a warlock. A hexblade warlock. Because he has a super, like, Jedi Star Wars lightsaber sword thing, which is weird. But, I mean, we'll keep going with it. He has a humunculus devil thingy imp creature as his familiar. Mm -hmm. Again, that's a warlock pack. Yep. Uh, he... Can do magic, sort of. He, he doesn't do a whole lot of magic. He, he's very limited in what he does magic-wise. Warlock stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he has blue lips. I assume that's warlock, like, kink thing. Warlocks are weird. I don't know. <sighs> I just, like, you know, that when that opening, I, I forgot about that. So when I was watching it and I turned it on, it's like the first three minutes and I was just like, 
Oh God, I forgot about this. It's going to be a long hour and forty minutes. Well, and and part of what we skipped over in the synopsis when I was trying to make it brief before I got sidetracked and just started explaining everything. Uh, Jeremy Irons implants this weird, like, alien tentacle creature into it. I think it's, like, the weirdest gaze spell I've ever seen. And if really that's how the gaze spell in D&D actually worked, I might use it as more of a plot hook more often, because basically it's this weird tentacle thing that, like, latches onto his brain, and it hurts him whenever he doesn't do things right. But then he can also use the tentacles to read people's mind by, like, shoving them in, like, he ejects it from his ear, so these tentacles are coming out of his ear, and then they latch onto the other person's ear, and he starts eating their memories. Memories? But she still has those memories. So, I'm not entirely sure how it works, but it's, like, the most badass gay spell I've ever seen. And I would totally do that in D&D, except I think my party would kill me. Yeah, but it's not a spell. It was kind of a spell that he... Oh, I don't know. Because Jeremy Irons just, like, flicks his fingers and spells come up. Yeah, but it was, like... Again, going back, there's... It doesn't exist. I think it's a gay spell. It's just souped up to be super badass. Okay. I'll I'll give you that one. I have so many plans after watching this movie. For my table. I'm not going to metagame. I'm not going to metagame. Something else, just as a side note. Apparently, dragon blood makes water catch on fire. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, weirdly, like, the entire water catches on fire, not just where the dragon blood hits. I don't know what that's about. Nope. No idea. Yeah, it's just the opening scene. The dragon that Jeremy Irons is trying to control dies. His blood goes into the sewer water. Well, they need it for the distraction so they can go into the mage tower. The water, followed by, like, the entire river or lake thing that the city is on, just bursts into flames for whatever reason. Yeah. The uh, So. Yeah, and then we go into the mage tower, which Morena is... Given a is helping the Empress with getting a map with her mentor. The mentor dies thanks to Demodor. Morina runs away, and then she starts flirting with the two thieves that she finds breaking into the tower. She's been stuck in that fucking tower forever, man. When was the, other than that old guy? When do you think the last time she saw a man was? I have no idea. But she's like making jokes about spells. She's like, "Ooh, maybe I should just feeble mind you guys. See how funny you are then." And like the thieves get the spell jokes. Why do, like, the common peasant people get jokes about spells? No idea. When they have no access to magic and, like, they're, like, crushed under the boot heels of the mages. No idea. So, when she she casts a spell to hold them. Correct. What spell is that? She has powder. Snare? Entangle, maybe? Well, she didn't have any rope for snare. I don't know. (laughs) But then, but it's attached to her? And yeah. when she runs, they follow her? Which, yeah. I like that scene. Yeah. That's actually a good scene. Yeah, that was a fun scene, even if they were being way too comical about it. Well, I think that was supposed to be kind of humorous. Well, they were saying weird things. I oh, they know. were. They were all saying weird things. But yeah, it was a pretty good scene. I will give you that. Okay, so going forward, uh, after you know they escape, let's, talk, let, let's jump into the wardrobe and makeup department. Because you're complaining about his blue lips. Well, well, makeup is different from wardrobe. I think the I, wardrobe was fantastic. Okay, the elf had breastplate that had nipples and a belly button. But at least they gave her armor. Have you ever looked at... at no one any... else had nipples and a belly button on their breastplate. Okay, they had, to, they had to sexualize it somehow, but at least she had armor. Look at pictures starting at AD&D all the way up to now. Why don't they give female characters armor? Bikini chainmail... Is very good at protecting you. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> well, and men are always distracted, so they're always going to try and stab the boobs. How are they? They don't stab the stomach. They're going to want. They want to touch the boobs. So that's why you have to use the bikini chainmail to protect your boobs. There have been. There has been a huge influx of female players and dungeon masters into the game in Five E. I mean, you were. There was probably three girls in the seventies that played. That's it. Yeah. How can they not be just like, are you kidding me? I mean, I'd be pissed if I was a woman and I was just like, why? Why? What, what do you mean? The, I forget what it is. I think the 2E DMG, the cover is a topless woman. Yeah. And she's wearing like a G-string chain mail. I have no idea. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, but you bought it. So it oh, fuck yeah, worked. I did. Yeah, um, it clearly I was, worked. I was like, 15 exactly they know who their target already anyways they gave her armor at least well and going on with the elf nipple and belly button breastplate the other elves all had like weird like half metal masks, which i had no idea was going on with that but i guess it's supposed to be spooky 
I don't know what the deal with that was. Yeah, but no one else really had good armor. Actually, Dumbledore's armor actually like for for like an over the top bad guy villain henchman thing. That was pretty good armor. It it, uh, it looked like he could move around. He was Thor, well protected. Thor Birch's armor was badass, except for the chainmail hood. Yeah, that was weird. I felt like she was missing a helmet. Yeah, it was like I gotta get on my dragon. Fuck the helmet. I'm, I'm yeah, going. She looked really bald in those. Yeah, scenes. she did. Um, I did. Uh, Jeremy Irons. And this is one of the reasons I like the costumes. When he's doing his crazy evil scenes, when he's talking to his henchmen, the opening scene where he's working on the dragon, he wears these dark black and like oh, deep yeah. red robes. And I, then when he's in the Senate, he's all in white. Well, it's, yeah, I, I fucking love his, like, that was fantastic. I want a cloak. I want his fucking clothes. <laughs> I mean, that was fantastic. It I was would a wear great... those to Gen Con. Yes. It was... <laughs> or whenever I'm DMing. I, I I will back you 100% on that. But I mean, it was a per, that played so well, I think, into the movie. Like, he's supposed to be this good guy in the Senate, so he wears white. But we know he's evil. So when he's doing evil shit, it, it, he- it is funny, though, because, like, there's like a five minute transition where he's wearing the dark cloak and then he has to go to Parliament. And so he goes back into his white robes, like, he, he goes through a lot of clothes. <laughs> I think he just, like, like, waves his hand and it changes well, colors. Going with that. I was really distracted by his eyebrows. I think they did something. <laughs> so his eyebrows were like slightly horn shaped. I did not notice that, but now I'm going to go back and look. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like he had like weird, like horn shaped eyebrows. And I was just like, evil. Like, yeah. How does no one else in the parliament notice evil eyebrows on him? I know. Let's see. Well, Ridley's armor was good. He was wearing leather armor. That was fine. Yeah. 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 Natural um, thief. Uh, Snail wasn't wearing any armor. Nobody who had a weird skull cap on the entire time. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, he also kept like stealing stuff and putting it into a bag, which, as the token black character in the movie, I don't feel like that's the greatest no, representation. Oh, yeah, I, I thought that too, and I was going to leave it alone. <laughs> um, bringing it out. Oh, God. There was, what was the, uh, oh, in the bar, when we're in the bar, it's like 21, 22 minutes. Wandering around the bar, and they show up multiple times. There are these creatures that are like turtle creatures. Yeah, I... What I, the hell are they? None of the creatures... And this is another part where the, the, the kind of... Mo- dragons. The, the movie kind of dropped the ball. Where the hell were kobolds? Yeah, there were no... Exactly. I mean, <laughs> we're asking the real... They... All of the weird fantasy races, none of them are in D&D. No. I have no idea what the hell we were looking at. It was like weird, like pink fish creatures. Yeah, and- you know, the 30-minute mark, pink fish creature walks around with the third eye in are the we, middle of his Are head. we talking about Silas's henchman? Yes. Oh, he was blue. No, he was pink. No, he was blue. He oh, was pink. Maybe we're thinking about something else. No, I'm Silas's I- henchman was all blue. He had a third eye. And whenever he shook his head, you could see the <laughs> eye jiggling on his forehead. <laughs> I-, I think he's pink. I think you're wrong. Okay. I'm I'm going to look this up. All right. Good deal. But anyways, actually, speaking of Silas's henchman, uh, with the blue skin and the third eye, he tells the two thieves to leave him alone. And he's like, or else I will cut you like a fish. <laughs> he's yeah, just like doing this weird was, tongue thing at people. weird. It was fantastic. Let's see. So, you, so dragons and beholders are the only two. And even dragons are generic fantasy at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to think if there's any other... No, there aren't. While you're looking that up, I, I do want to bring up one thing that kind of bothered me. The There's a couple scenes where they have the entire party standing together. Mm-hmm. Now, the actor that plays Ridley, is he's 5'6". I looked it up. Mm-hmm. But there's no rhyme or reason to their height. So the elf is taller than the human. The dwarf freaking gigantic he's as big as everybody else and they vary in scenes they're standing next to each other and when it's a full body shot you can tell ridley as a human is way shorter than the dwarf but then they have a couple scenes where it's just waist up shots and all of a sudden he's taller it's like they gave him a stool to stand on and all of a sudden he's like i'm six one and now the elf's short but oh the dwarf's the same size as the elf i mean come on i mean i get that that costs a lot of money back in the day but the higher short person, that's part of the casting. I, that annoyed me. That annoyed me a lot. I i love the costumes. He's pink. I'm telling you he's pink. Uh, I can't find a picture of it, but he's blue. Bullshit. Uh, I don't think you watched the right movie. I'm going to the actual movie. No, Chronicles of Riddick. I haven't seen that one. Sorry, that was coming up in my search results. That also has weird costuming, but well, yeah, it does. maybe we'll get to that. 
Um, something else I wanted to talk about. Uh, lock picking? There's one part in the movie where they pick a lock. Oh, yeah. And Ridley just takes out, like, four keys, picks one, opens up the lock. <laughs> thieves tools, baby. Thieves tools. I don't think that's thieves tools. So I yes, think it is. Shitty lock design. Nope. It's thieves tools are now just keys. Um, and then, can we touch on the fact that the mage never uses a spell? Like, the apprentice mage never uses a spell in a fight. Like, she's just running, hiding behind things, or cowering with her arms over her head. She is the worst mage. Does she burn all, like, she like a level one wizard and burns, like, her two spells in, like, the morning, just fixing her hair or something? I think so. There's another thing that we need to get to. We can do it now or we can do it later. What are the classes of all the characters and what level? Okay. Well, obviously, Snails is a... First level thief. <sighs> and that's being generous. I, uh, you know... Yeah, yeah, he is a uh, level zero thief who just likes stealing things. Like he had, like he doesn't do anything thievy except taking stuff. He actually does have a good sleight of hand because he did steal some stuff in a marketplace, but that was pretty boring. Ridley, a thief, maybe mixed with fighter because he was using a longsword. Yeah, maybe. I think this is going to be a matter of opinion. He's actually purple. Yeah, that's blue. It's not blue. Okay, it's purple. It's purple. It's a dark blue purple. So we're both right. Yeah, it's not blue. <laughs> It's a dark blue purple. <laughs> it's a very dark pink purple. I refuse to be wrong. Actually, your colors in that movie look off. <laughs> Thanks. All right. What were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about their levels. Ah. Xylus is clearly a moron, the thief lord, and has no thief skills, even though he's like this great thief lord, but he can't get through the mage or the maze yeah. of uh, death. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, Ridley, I guess he has a couple of thief and fighter levels yeah i would say he's probably like a three and thief two fighter yeah um i think that the apprentice mage is a counterfeit mage from pathfinder um <laughs> as she casts no spells except for whenever she has a uh, a tool to help her i think she's pretty useless okay um so damador damador uh yeah hexblade warlock probably pretty high level eight yeah, maybe level seven. Okay. Yeah, I, I think he did some stuff. Uh, the Empress Savina. She's just an NPC. Yeah, yeah, commoner NPC, I guess. Yeah. Well, she has a cool ass scepter which raises her CR to probably about like CR six. All right. And Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons, CR twenty Trask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he. Wizard, wizard or sorcerer? I'm going. Well, see, I don't know how their magic system works. I'm going to have to go with Wizard, because they okay. kept calling themselves mages and stuff. Yeah. Probably, you know, CR 10, and the only reason why he was defeated was because he wasn't paying it. He has poor passive perception, and I <laughs> noticed the <laughs> giant gold dragon behind him yeah, creep but... up slowly and eat him. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll give and, you that. Yeah. And, you know, is there anyone more... Mid oh, the, oh dwarf. the dwarf! <laughs> yes, uh, we're going back to AD&D. He is a dwarf uh, class. Yes. Level 1, because he doesn't do it. Okay. So let's see. Do we get everybody? We got Ridley, Snails, the Elf, Elf Ranger. Oh. I mean, uh, isn't we can also go back to AD and D and say she's an Elf? <laughs> isn't that yeah? But she does some stuff. You're right. Uh, she, maybe she's a Ranger with maybe a couple of Rogue levels to get that assassination yeah, stuff. I would agree with that because she can like stab people, and I I assume she has sneak attack. Yeah, she has a cool backflip. Yeah, I mean that's the best. She backflips and then gets it, you know, and then is all of a sudden flanking. Yeah. And just shoves two daggers into some guy's, yeah. like, I think kidneys. she proves a rule that you can flank by yourself. Yes, she certainly does. <laughs> yeah, that covers everyone, I think. All the major players, I would say. Yeah, um, I agree. Really, I, I, I keep going back to those beholders. You know, 15 seconds, they're there. They do nothing. Like, that's my biggest hang-up with this movie. Yeah. Like, even apart from, like, the crappy, like, fight scenes between Jeremy Irons and the Empress, like... The Beholders were such a wasted moment. I, I honestly believe my statement from before. They put them in there, and then we're like, we just literally blew our budget on this one scene for five seconds, so we have to make crappy dragons now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and I guess I guess now we can talk about CGI. The CGI is very much 2000. Oh, yeah. CGI. Like, it, it's fine for, for when it came from. Mm -hmm. Except during the... There are several scenes where it's just dragon on dragon fighting. And you can see, like, the dragons racing through the city. It's all very exciting, except for the city looks like it was drawn on by a kindergartner. Yeah, and there's... Everything has a spire. Yes, everything has a spire. And the city's really tall. 
Yeah. You didn't really get that from your... <laughs> I, I thought we were in a different city yeah. throughout like the entire fight, because I didn't really get that when we uh, from the opening scene. Yeah. Yeah, it was... And it's... Spires. There's a lot of spires. Yeah. And, and towers. Yeah, and that's a... Yeah, the mage tower in the final scene seems kind of small. Yeah. They can fit 15 mages on it? That's about it? I don't know. Well, but then they somehow got two ballistas up there? Actual... I will say their location was pretty much crappy. Like, yeah. Whenever they went to a new location, you had no idea where you were in the world. Like, I wish they had just put, like, in text at the bottom, like, oh, you're in the city of blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> have, like, an arrow, like, shoot through it and have, like, a cool animation to go along with it. Because I had no idea where we were half the time. They didn't either, so... <laughs> they might have been lost while they are exploring Ireland and England trying to find, like... A castle to shoot. <laughs> oh. I'm not even sure they got permission to shoot in that castle. <laughs> There's another scene. This is a scene that bothered the hell out of me. And you could tell. They're missing a scene. It's It got left on the editing floor, and it was a huge plot hole. The scene where it really may have a couple, uh, may have a level in magic user, too, somehow. Because there's a scene when they get the map, the scroll. And they're trying yeah. to translate the scroll. And all of a sudden, he's like, my dad used to do this. And he puts his fingers on some things, yeah. mutters a couple words, and then disappears into the scroll. And now the major apprentice is like, oh, shit. All of a sudden, I can do it, too. And she goes in. Mm-hmm. And then we segue and they're outside, and somehow Snails knows how to do it now to get him out, which is a different wording to put him in. Well, I was really confused as to what was going on. I thought he was trying to get into the map as... I have no idea no. what was going on. I was just like, they you went, know what movie? Take me. <laughs> they went into the scroll. Now they're outside in the woods. Snails knows the words to get him out, and they come out. And then they start saying, oh, and we talk to the ghost Well, in I there. thought that was like... There's a scene missing. Oh, I, th- there I needs thought that to was be a... on purpose. Like, no. they were just being, like, vague for no reason. Like, I, I honestly feel there's a scene missing where you go into the thing, into the scroll, and Ridley and Mage Apprentice are talking to whoever they talk to, and then they segue back. I mean, I guarantee you there's a scene missing. I, I, you see, I'm not convinced on that. I, I feel like maybe that's what they're trying no. to do is like make it like, oh, well, you know, we went into the scroll snails and you're supposed to be like taking on the role of snails where you don't know what's going on. You know, you have limited information in the movie. And then when they like slowly explain it to you, you're still left going, what? Just like snails would be going, what? No. no? I'm the audience. I want to know what's going on. I don't know. I mean, when they went into the scroll, that's when they found out they needed the eye. As a MacGuffin, they, and then how to get to the Red Scepter. But they need to show that as a scene. Well, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I can understand. I, I think it would have been better if they threw in a scene uh, and obfuscated a little bit. Oh, you're using big words today. But it was weird. I, I, will, I will say I was like, well, because the way they do it is they go into the scroll. They start the big bar fight in the tavern, and then they immediately cut to them in the woods i think like like they're just like randomly in the woods like they don't even show them like escaping the city or leaving the tavern it's just bar fight cut we're in the woods and they bring out ridley and the mage apprentice no yeah 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 that's how it went oh there we go that's where the door's in there push a person and yell bar fight yeah that there you go you know who's needed you know what it could have been anyone that does that. Nope. It could have been Snails. He could have finally had a use in the fucking movie. No, he was busy flirting with the elf, because that was the first scene we saw the... Uh, yeah, the elf. The elf lady. I, I don't know. You know, the dwarf doesn't do anything, because it could have easily written around that. He yelled, bar fight, and got them out of the bar. I don't think that's enough to keep a character for the an hour and 40 minutes of a movie. All right, look. As part of the main cast. As Dungeons and Dragons, the movie. Uh, there, There's a plus. They set up a party. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they, they they have a dwarf. A dwarf and elf. Two rogues and a crappy mage. The best party ever. And a ranger. Eventually. They, they don't get a... the ranger until like the very end and all she does is stab two people in the back. Well, let's see. You have a fighter rogue multiclass. The worst rogue ever. A magic user is not a magic user. A the... ranger that shows up and we'll give uh, the dwarf... Barbarian? Except he never rages. He just gets angry. Which is another thing. Like The dwarf is very much Irish. He, all he cared about he, was drinking I would gold. Give him, yeah, I would say uh, Irish Scottish blunt. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. So there, that that was that was the well, one the, other oh, the, time the ranger didn't show up until the until snails died. So you know you had to keep that team of four. Well, yeah, because you know what she showed up then because she was was 
you wouldn't didn't have to worry about getting sexually harassed by by snails. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, good lord! This... Wait, no, because snails talked to her a couple. I don't know. He talked to her in the bar before the bar yeah. fight, and then he talked to her outside the ca- before when they went sh- to the castle because he was saying like I could take like a potion of age, and she's like I'm 275. He's like, well, damn, I didn't mean to get that old. So her involvement is really weird throughout the movie because it like in some scenes she's there, and in other scenes. They make no mention of her, and yeah. she's not there. Well, she her role is to be the loyal henchman to the Empress. I think henchman makes her sound evil. She wasn't evil. She was just background dressing. Mm, she was the elf. You need an elf in a Dungeons and Dragons movie. What are they going to do? How how in God's name were they going to put a half orc in there? Just stick a Halloween mask well, on somebody. Speaking of half orc, I think they did put a half orc in there. It was the dude in all blue body paint that just looked like a human. But yeah. ha- but look like someone just put like a paint roller and just put blue all over him. Oh god! And that does not make a new race. Let me tell you, that just makes a human with blue skin. Tiefling? I, I don't know. Tiefling. He kind of looked jowly. It was like a tiefling human crossbreed. No, he didn't have horns, and they never showed his feet. He was just a human with blue paint on him, which I I, I assume that's like orc, half orc, or except they're green. Drenay from World of Warcraft. Yeah. yeah. I, d- I didn't see a blue tail, though. But, I mean, I mean, what can you do? <laughs> I think we should say something positive about the movie. I think I, th- I think we've been a little hard on it. Okay. I love the costumes. Yeah. And I love Jeremy Iron. Yeah. Because, and that's why I say the movie's campy. He, he is just going campy. He, you know he is. I'm not, I'm not sure who made that decision for him to act like that but it was the best decision for the movie see in in movies they never you never shoot the scenes in order yeah and i feel like when they were i feel like there's a couple scenes where he's trying to be semi-serious and he's not over the top and i feel like that's they, only when he's around parliament is when he's acting like right. serious and nice except for when like he's like accusing her he, yeah. he gets a little pitchy and i feel like they might have filmed those first and you know, to your point, the director's just like, I need more out of it. I, I need more. And so then they then then they film the first scene and his attitude at that point is like, Fuck you. You want more? Here we go. And he just well, goes fucking crazy. Maybe that's it. Maybe. Because when he's in par- in front of Parliament, he's not a crazy motherfucker. When he's away from Parliament, that's when his crazy comes out. So maybe this was a conscious choice. Could be. That he is like this crazy schizophrenic who's like Wilding out when he's not around adults. I just, I feel like the opening scene was shot later in the movie. Oh, yeah, And he was so tired of people telling him to just turn it up a notch that he was just like, all right, you know what? You want it? Here you go. Give me your rage! (laughs) And he just loses his shit in that scene. Yeah. I mean, my favorite part is Damador standing in the background during the scene, and the look on his face is like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah. Some Jer- of those background faces when yeah. Jeremy Irons is acting, it's like, I'm pretty sure you're like a half a second away from yeah. bra- like cracking up. And that's the thing. It's not, it's not the face of a loyal henchman. It's the face of the actor playing the role going, Oh my God, Jeremy Irons has lost his mind. <laughs> he is like to your point. He's trying so hard to be. He, he's just like in shock. He's like he's lost it. Yeah, <laughs> he's tired and wants this movie to be over to go back to his castle. And then six years later, he makes Aragon. I know. God, what did he buy a second castle? No, I, I, I don't. Maybe, maybe he was trying to. I mean, he didn't overact overact in Aragon, so maybe he was trying to make up for Dungeons and Dragons. Well, he might have had a balloon payment on the castle and needed the money. <laughs> yeah. So, I think wrapping up, we can safely say we both enjoyed the movie for what it was. Mm-hmm. I don't think either of us are going to be watching it again in the next 10 years. It doesn't hold up well. No, no. It, it's it's a movie that is, I'm surprised it doesn't have a cult following along with it. Because mm-hmm. it is a good bit of fun. Where you just like sit back, you kind of mock it a little bit, and you enjoy it. It is literally an hour and 40 minutes of LARPing. It is a bit long. <laughs> I will say that I think they should have cut it down to like an hour and 20 because like halfway through i was like oh my god yeah how much more do we have to go i know i'm like a fat man running up a hill i just it's gotta get there (laughs) yeah no i i enjoyed it i mean i again i won't watch it again for a while but maybe ever (laughs) yeah if you have if you know let's say two of your players decide not to show up in one night 
when you're supposed to have your first session in a week, and you know who I'm talking about, you two, and you don't really want to run a one-shot and you don't know what to do, get together. Movie night. Throw, throw the movie on and hopefully have Every a, time that Jeremy Irons overreacts. Drink. Drink. <laughs> yeah. And you probably need a party bowl and a three-foot bomb. Yeah. And it'll be fantastic. Every time there is uh, a line in the movie that doesn't make sense, you drink. Oh my so god! So by about five minutes in, you're like suffering from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh boy! Yeah, but it's. I think that's the best way to watch the movie yeah. with drinking games and really high. Well, and with like your people that aren't going to be upset when you like no. are laughing at the movie. Like you, you <laughs> it is a fantastic movie to watch. And, like, make fun of. Yeah, it's perfect for that. Yeah. All right. So, there's our review of the 2000 movie starring Jeremy Irons, Dungeons & Dragons. We are planning on doing this as a semi-regular kind of feature. Yeah, probably. uh, Maybe in two or three episodes we'll do the next one. Uh, If you have ideas what we should do next, let us know. We We might do the sequel. Yeah, okay. So, we have a pseudo list put together. So, maybe you can vote from these, and I think Stephen will put it in the show notes. Yeah. Let's see if I can find it. I can't. Of course, I can't. Uh, movie review. Oh, there we go. Of course, we have the sequel to Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. The Dungeons & Dragons TV show. Um, Willow. Willow. That's my vote. Berserk. Dragon Slayer. <laughs> Dudes and Dragons? I don't know that one. Krull. I don't know that one either. Actually, I'm very excited about The Gamers, Darkness Rising 2. Yes. That is a fantastic movie. And a movie that does have a cult following, and this was probably my favorite movie as a kid, Ladyhawk. I don't know that one either. Oh, my God. Matthew Broderick, young Matthew Broderick, Rutger Hauer, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. This is basically just an excuse for me to watch crappy fantasy movies. This is not a crappy crappy fantasy movie. I it disagree. is awesome. So if, if it's on the list, it's a crappy fantasy movie. If you have a choice, please let us know. And if we get more than three votes on something, then we will go ahead and do it. Um, I am pushing for Willow the next time. Uh, Val Kilmer. I can't remember mm-hmm. anybody else in it. Wait, um, wasn't Val Kilmer in uh, Highlander? Oh, boy. Was no. Else? No? no. Val Kilmer was Weird Science. No. Val Kilmer, not Weird Science. Jesus Christ. Uh, Real Genius. Best movie he was in was Heat with De Niro, but anyways. No, well, I'm cutting off. Okay. So, Dragon Slayer could be a good one, too. And I can't believe you've never seen Krull. I think I've seen Dragon Slayer. That helps. Boy, oh boy. I can't wait to watch Krull, whatever that is. It It sounds like such. There's a Cyclops in it. And it's a real Cyclops. And the weapon. out someone's eye? Yeah, and the weapon in it is like this weird glaive boomerang thing. I want to. Don't spoil me too much. Okay. So, give us your votes. Yep. If, like I said, if there's a majority on all three of you, then we will go with that. Otherwise, we'll throw darts at a dartboard. Yeah. All right. I'm excited. 